Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, a part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. We have reached championship weekend in the NFL, uh, Mr. Cohen, and I, I believe that the coaching carousel seems to be getting more attention than the games on the field at the moment. Uh, which would you like to start with for the show before we get to Chris Terrian in about 10, 15 minutes? Well, if I was going to be self-centered, I'd be starting with the coaching carousel. So do you want to be self-centered or do you want to go in a different direction? <laughs> no, let's go. Let, let's let's go there. Go ahead. I, I, I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to ask me. I'm not surprised. And I'm sure you're not surprised. So no, I'm not surprised. But, and I'm not surprised at my reaction and the reaction of the people that I know. Okay. It, it's, it's, it's weird. You have a coach who won a national championship. And there's this sense for a bunch of different reasons of, okay, yeah, go. Like it's not, it's, there's an indifference to it. There's a relief to it. There's there's a whole bunch of things because this this is by far not out of the blue. The last few years in the offseason, what has he done? He has flirted with NFL teams. And and he has apparently not gotten what he wanted in Michigan. He's had several problems, not just this year. In past years, one year he had his salary reduced. It's it's been an ongoing thing with him, and you have to decide: was the drama worth it? The answer appears to be yes. Is the drama look from worth the from the orders that are, the answer is no. From the orders that are coming to your house for championship shirts, damn sure better been worth it for for what you and your friends are now spending for the experience of a lifetime. Yeah, is it I mean, a, look, he, is it he a- accomplished this, he accomplished what he set out to do and i would even argue more and so if his if he needs to scratch this itch of winning a super bowl at the nfl level then he should go do it but he just needs to be genuine about the fact that this is something that he's he's wanted i, I don't want to start hearing more stories leaking that Ward Manuel didn't do enough. He wasn't getting the support oh, that he will. needed. You he will. didn't have clauses in his contract that he could go out and you know go onto Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and get away with it. I don't want to hear Look, any of that. I saw the leaks coming out yesterday that Michigan was coming back to him while he was negotiating with the Chargers. Somebody is leaking to spin their side of the story. So now that they're spinning their side of the story, what is the Michigan fan perspective on this all? That it, it's time to move on. The, the, this is a natural time to move on. It will help him. It will help the university move on. Because if he does stay, isn't that just going to taunt the NCAA more? Yeah, absolutely. If, if, and, and if Michigan says, okay, now he's gone, then then does the NCAA let up on its nonsense? Oh, I don't know. I don't know the answer I, to that. I don't but, know about but, that. I, but... I, but, I, but I still There's think. no reason for them to continue this now, except if they just feel like continuing to stick the screws to him after he's gone. I think because the, this is a personal issue. When this is not a university issue, this is the NCAA doesn't like the fact that Harbaugh keeps sticking his thumb in their eyes. When has the NCAA not 
done things like this. I absolutely think they will continue to do it. And I would be surprised if Michigan doesn't end up with some type of punishment from the NCAA like 10 years down the line for something that Carbos not what, even What more punishment? Anymore. I have no idea. I the, truly the have no idea. The coach got suspended twice this season. I, twice. He missed six of the games. I understand, but he wasn't suspended by the NCAA. I'm just saying, you know, it the was in anticipation of what they were going to do. And it's he, what universities do all the time is to is and what the NCA claims that it wants ha- to happen uh, is for to for self policing to ca- occur. Council, you said the magic what? words claims. What? Yes, they claim that, and then they let the school do it, and then they come in over top and give the punishment that they think is appropriate. That's all I'm saying. I wouldn't be surprised if they do more. He, it looks like Harbaugh is going to get a five-year deal with the Chargers. Comes full circle. He played for the Chargers. Do you think he will have success? I mean, he's got a quarterback with, with Herbert. We've talked about the setup there. Spanos will send money, spend money. What do you think of the fit? Spanos will spend money? You don't think so have you now? not known Spanos? Spanos is, is an egomaniac. His son is, if you look on their website, at least as of last week, the Sun has a whole section on the website on what he's done to bring about the success that the Chargers have. I don't know what success he's talking about. The Chargers have won how many Super Bowls? Zero. And as a kid who followed the Chargers, I'm telling you, zero. They had one of the greatest offenses of all time, did not win a Super Bowl. The Spanoses have never spent money, including on a stadium, which is why they're a tenant in the Rams stadium. So why did Harbaugh go there? In a city that's not their city. Why did Harbaugh go there then? Because Harbaugh has, you want to talk about a man with an ego. I don't think you're going to find one bigger than Jim's. And so he thinks genuinely, and to his credit, that he can do this. He did it with Michigan. He stuck in and he he did it. They won a national championship and he got to the Super Bowl. If you look at his record with San Francisco, I think he made the NFC championship three out of the four years he was there. And in that during that time, what did he do? He took the number one pick and replaced him with Colin Pat Kaepernick and they got better. So he does know what he's doing. But the sp- I, I don't know what the level of control is that they're going to give Harbaugh because if Spanos is the de facto general manager, I don't see how this works. And by the way, the Chargers, I believe, are 45 to $50 million over the cap. They are going to have to trade big pieces this, this offseason, which could include Bosa, who's not healthy half the time anyway, potentially Mack. Potentially Mike Williams. They're arguably going to lose Austin Eckler. Yeah, he's got Justin Herbert to build around. I'm not sure what else he's going to have to build around. And so it's going to take time. And so no matter how smart he is, no matter what kind of offense he puts in, Justin Herbert was already arguably a top five quarterback on a team that won how many games this year? Five? Yeah. So it's Harbaugh doesn't have to fix the quarterback. He has to somehow coach the rest of the team. Now, there's a chance that Jesse Minter goes there, and then they have a good defensive coordinator too. So you can have all the coaching you want. As Bill Parcells said, you got to have the ingredients. And the question is whether or not they're going to have the people in place to get the right ingredients, make the right draft picks, and spend the right money. Isn't that what we were talking about 
for the last couple of weeks with the Eagles? Is it the coaches or the players? Isn't that the, the exact question? Well, it's both. We've been asking about yeah. it. Well, I mean, we've seen what the Eagles have done. Did you watch that press conference the other day? Is, is, is that an appropriate response? <sighs> Sometimes I just would prefer they not talk. Um, I, do, I was not inspired with confidence. Somebody I know often says, just stop talking. And, yes. And this is one of those times, hey, Eagles, you, you just stop talking. Like just I get, do. I get that they had to hold a press conference, but I was not necessarily inspired. So the update on where things are, they fired Sean Desai for the second time, I guess, mm-hmm. after demoting him or firing him midseason. Looks like Vic Fangio uh, signed a contract to be the defensive coordinator. So we're back to where we were last year, Jeff. You heard me bitch about this, and you told me, why are you complaining mm. about this over the Jonathan Gannon stuff? Yeah, It's the guy they wanted all along. We just wasted a year. He was in-house, and because of the way things were handled, he did a sabbatical in Miami for a year, <laughs> and now he's coming back home. Seriously. <laughs> I, I guess if you're going to do a sabbatical, you might as well do it someplace warm, right? I mean, he was in-house. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon just wasn't honest about what he was doing, and so Fangio went and took another job, and we got his disciple. Who wait, 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 wait. Why are you blaming Jonathan Gannon for the because, Eagles letting Fangio go? Because they couldn't give Fangio the D.C. position because they thought Gannon was staying. Then Gannon negotiated a deal without telling them, and Fangio left. So, yes, the Eagles got compensation for this. The NFL said, Jonathan Gannon and the Arizona Cardinals, you were wrong. They were mm-hmm. compensated for this. That's why Fangio ended up in Miami. Frankly, I should have. I thought they should have kept Denard Wilson as it, their DC should, wait, as opposed should, to Desai. Should the Eagle is was Fangio a better choice for a defensive coordinator than Gannon to begin with? That was never the option. Gannon. No, was that's. I'm, I'm asking you that question. Well, if you're going to run the offense, have the guy that created it. Like that's the thing. It's you mean a Vic the defense. They're the defense. It's yeah. a Vic Fangio defense. They've been bringing in disciples to run his defense. Personally, uh, I don't like my the point. defense to begin so with. The, so the Eagles made the wrong decision. Yes. It's not the, the blaming Gannon isn't the answer. Gannon just sucked. But but no, Gannon it, definitely shares blame in him not staying here. I, share, I, I, shares. Yes. Shares. The Eagles could have. You are seeing coaches getting fired midseason. Yes. You, well, you, the you, Eagles you, did it. The Eagle, right? So they could have gotten rid again and kept Fangio, couldn't they have? No, Fangio was already no. Well, they they didn't have a reason to the fire. The year Gannon. before they couldn't have. The Eagles led the league in sacks the year before. Fangio mm-hmm. was here as a consultant. Their defense was good. They were in the Super Bowl, so they weren't going to fire Gannon midseason. It wasn't like the defense this year. That wasn't the case. Now on. I'm not blaming Gannon for this. Of course not. That's fine. You yeah. don't have to. Um, on the offensive side, Brian Johnson is gone. Doesn't look like they consulted Jalen Hurts on that, so we'll see whether they should have, should not have. I don't know. Who Does they, he seem upset to you? I, I don't know. Apparently, it's been with Jalen Hurts since he was a little kid, so I have no idea what the relationship uh, have is. Have you heard any of his family members leaking anything like the Cowboys? No, but the Hurts don't okay. do that. Like well, That's not the way that his family is. Yeah, right. The, the, you enjoy that, the, Dak Prescott? The, the, the Cowboys are awesome. Dak Prescott's they really are out there uh, ripping uh, the you Cowboys. You don't hear those words out of my mouth very much, but what is going on with them about all of their family members sniping it? Like, Really? How hard is this? Like, you and I have been on the air for seven years. I assume you've had 
conversations with your loved ones that, that at times people are going to criticize you, say bad things about you. Please don't respond. Please don't use, but obviously on a much smaller scale, please, but please don't put anything on your social media, things like that. Right. Like you don't think that they know to have these conversations with their family members. And by the way, saying that your fan, you don't have any control over your family member to some extent you do and you don't. And the fact is those family members aren't getting the information from the ether for, they're for, getting the information from the player for and the, then parroting the information out on for, their social For those media. that aren't aware of what Jeff's talking about, Dak Prescott's brother has taken to uh, X, Twitter, the, the platform that Jeff doesn't like to talk about, uh, to have open war with the Cowboys fans. No, but that's not it. What about you're to miss? What about CD Lamb? Yeah. Yeah. I it, love it, how you know what they're all, all doing. Them. Yeah. Huh? I love how you know what they're all doing and saying, and look, they brought back Mike McCarthy, so everything's good, right? It just goes to show you, though, that Mike McCarthy has no gravitas with that organization. No, this is this is Jerry Jones <laughs> runs everything because can you imagine Belichick or any number of coaches putting up with this? No, like most coaches, even Sirianni probably would have called their player into their office and said, hey, look, I need you to make sure that your family family members just shut the bleep up. <laughs> okay. You're making a lot of money. We're all trying to row in the same direction. And you've got to understand that this is not helping. They don't seem to care. They do not seem to care. Uh, and where, and where is Jerry Jones while all this is going on? He's just happy that the, the Cowboys are in the news. I have no idea. Cause his team's not in the news because of the playoffs. So now he's decided they could be in the news by being dysfunctional. Not that I could ever handle being a Cowboys fan in general, but if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be like losing my mind at this point. Like they're, they're it, just a bunch of children. Uh, they are the so way that they're acting. It's, it's just, I just can't like, I can't imagine like you can come to me as a, my friend and my, my co-host and just say, Hey Jeff, by the way, you know, whatever, can we handle this differently? Whatever. I wouldn't want your spouse or your kids or your parents to be shooting off stuff without you and I talking first. You mean you don't want my wife taking a Twitter to say how much you suck and I should talk more on the show? No, because, because it's also putting, <laughs> it's putting those people in a bad spot too. Now, granted they're putting themselves in a bad spot by saying that, but, but that's just not the way that, healthy adults act let alone professionals that are on something called the team well i will see so just my own thoughts do you have a thought on what the eagles should look for for an offensive coordinator they did sort of say that they may be open to like a new offensive philosophy but then not they did, Kling, they, not cliff kingsbury that's my, how's that for my answer they apparently interviewed him already he's apparently going wherever caleb williams goes though yeah, uh, the rumor out there is that for some reason Kelly, Caleb Williams and Cliff Kingsbury are a package deal. I'm I didn't not see quite how sure great why. they were at USC this year, by the way. Huh? I didn't see how great they were at USC this year, by the way. No, they weren't. <laughs> so, USC wasn't that great. Lincoln uh, Riley wasn't exactly the genius that everybody thought he was going to be, too. They started out the season, you know, on fire, and then all of a sudden they couldn't stop anybody. I will say, I uh, well, why don't we leave it there? We'll we'll. Pick up the football talk in a little bit. Let's bring on Chris Tarian and, and we'll get to the hockey talk.
Let's talk right. some puck with our man, former Flyers defenseman, Chris Tarion. Chris, great to get you back on the show. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Appreciate it. This is fun times. When, when we started this season, Jeff and I talked and we said we wanted the team to be exciting and relevant. We've got that. Talk to us about the, the start of the season as the, the leadership held their midway press conference earlier this week. Yeah, I think it's been really, really good, um, you know, in terms of what we'd seen before and where the team was at and where they're at now. You know, I mean, there's been a shift, a shifting of gears and um, uh, an accountability to the players at the same time. But then and, and then uh, an accountability to one another. And that's why they're playing well. They're, they're working hard. They give honest effort every single night. Um, and when you do that, you're going to, you're going to make a lot of teams look bad that aren't ready to play you. You know, the Flyers are, came into this year with an attitude of like, what do we got to lose? You know, nobody thinks we're going to be good. Nobody thinks we're going anywhere. We're not going to win a cup. That's what this, but everyone was saying. And, uh, they, they show, they show what hard work and perseverance is and, and trying to prove people wrong. Um, there's, you know, there's still, they have a lot of work to do, but from where you're at, just looking from the human side of it and what we want to see in Philadelphia, uh, we've they've answered the bell. There's no doubt about that. You know, so far the the organization from Keith Jones to Daniel Briere to Coach Torts all seem to be rowing in the same direction. They all seem to have a game plan. How refreshing is it to see this organization from the top all be rowing in that direction together and have a game plan and be sticking to it, committed to it? Yeah, I mean, it's important, you know, and again, it's going to be what their vision is. And and that's the key to the future. You know, what they think and who the players that they get here are going to be, you know, integral to the future. And I'm sure they have a, a roadmap that they've looked at. I think, you know, a team like look at a team like Tampa and see what they've done over the years is a pretty good uh, starting point, you know, in terms of how to rebuild a team and to stay with it and then have a good a good team for a few years. So that's really what you want to try to build. Um you know, again, I always tell people in pro sports, you know, it's like a it's like a moving target a lot of times, you know, and you just no, never know what really what you're going to get sometimes or what you're going to hit. And so, you know, I said, I always tell people, I implore people with this year is that be proud of the team they are, um, but also understand that they're really, this is not the team moving forward. This this is not the prod, the final product by any stretch of the imagination. You know, we talk about the final product and we talk about the new leadership Let's talk about the Cutter Gauthier situation. Uh, that obviously was not ideal. They had what was they thought would be a, a top piece in the future coming here. That didn't work out. Can you talk about how the front office handled the situation? And then also as a defenseman, what you've seen out of what they got with James Drysdale? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, the Cutter thing caught everybody off guard. I don't think anybody was saw that coming at all. Uh, so... Yeah, if you got a guy like they said, if he doesn't want to play here, or he wants to go somewhere else. Well, then I think I, I, you know, I think the Flyers did a good job getting rid of that situation altogether, rather than it lingering around, people talking about it. Uh, oh, what's going to happen? So they ended it before it even began, and that that was a good thing. Drysdale, um, he's a good player. Uh, he skates extremely well. Reminds me of sk skating is a little bit like Paul Coffey, who I played with in my career for a few years. Um, but he's also a guy who's got work to do on his game. You know, he's got some stuff that's so raw the way he moves offensively. But at the same time, he, you know, he's got some things that he needs to correct. And that's because of where he's been over the years. You know, he hasn't probably learned properly, but boy, he's got a good future. He's with this with the skating alone, uh, that that should ensure a pretty good career. What do you think of the the coaching staff as they're as it's currently committed as as far as are they the right, is this the right group to get young players in a position to be successful? 
Well, Danny Breer, you know, yesterday in the press conference seems to think, you know, here Torch was a veterans coach and he's actually really applauded the job he's done with young guys. You know, Torch is an interesting study if you look at him over his career. You know, every single team he's been on, no matter what their capabilities are, he's done something like this every year. Um, Columbus beating Tampa. Remember the four straight? They swept them a few several years ago. Mm -hmm. And no one, like, how did that happen? It was an eight against a one and they swept them out. But he gets you to buy in. The problem is, is when unless you have the horses and, and that team for a guy like that, you can't recreate or expect to reduplicate one year to the next unless you have the horses. I don't know how close they are to thinking that they have the horses here for him to continue down the road. But in the moment, he's coached brilliantly. I can't say that. But I also tell people like, yeah, as good as his team is right now, this is why it's important for me. Like when I'm looking, I don't I don't use anyone's opinions but my own but when i look at this team there's no way you can stand pat and say wow we're second in the metro and, and things are looking good that's absolutely not the case there has to be a lot of turnover there will be turnover and the job isn't done until this team has a product on the ice that has a chance to win every spring and right now they're not there this is a team that's missed the playoffs several years in and out it's been a, it was a decade of a lot of futility i found in the last since going back 10 12 years here i mean you didn't know who you were. You had a world, pretty good talent with Giroux at the front, but you're going in, you're out, you're in, you're out, and that doesn't work. That formula stinks, and it wears your your fan base down. And um, and that's what happened to me. You just can't keep fooling the fans by telling them we're good, we're good, and then you're in the playoffs, you're out of the playoffs. That that's disservice to I think people. And and I, the thing I like most about Danny and Jonesy is their messaging. They message like with honesty, you know, and uh, that's one of the reasons like I, I've gone in house with my, the podcast, Snow the Goalie. They wanted people to have transparency with the fans and to tell them the, the, tr the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So that's what I do over there. And, and I and, uh, you know, spending time with Flyers fans, being around the building has been great again for me. Uh, but messaging has been good by Danny and Jonesy, uh, but they have a lot of work to do and they know that. They have been very honest and, you know, Jeff and I have wondered what that's going to be like because you start to see the fans come back to the building and you're getting some excitement where people are paying attention to the team, but you got the trade deadline coming up on February 8th. And most likely, I mean, Danny basically said they're not going to be buyers. Now they're not going to sell just to sell, but they do want to continue to put themselves in position. And I saw Keith talk about it about two weeks ago. He kept talking about the 2025 draft and how they want to keep getting more assets for that draft. Do you think that they make some moves here? They obviously have an extra defenseman now after the Drysdale move, like a Walker, a Sealer, somebody to try to get additional draft picks? Or what do you think we see them do in the next couple of weeks? I think stockpiling draft picks is probably a good thing. Is it February 8th, the deadline this year? I think that's what it is. I'll double check for you. That's that's awfully early. Yeah, I'll double check for you I right think now. That, I think you might be a month short, but you maybe I don't know, unless they change it. Jason's a very impatient person. <laughs> I, I, I like to rush things as we approach the deadline though do you think that oh march 8th you're right so see i like getting corrected live on the air thanks yeah, so. i mean you you really had me wondering because i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa we're like eight days ten days away nah so come um, on jason you got to be on the ball with stats like that brother we used you to can't be throwing out something a month out before the actual real date chris we used to do a segment on things i got wrong on the show okay so oh, okay. that's that's sort yeah. of where we've been and where we've come to here so i'm better than i was but i screwed it up so they do have have another another month obviously for the trade deadline but what would how would you posture the team if if you were kind of in charge and i mean knowing the guys and what they're doing over there 
Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, um, I would do exactly what they're doing. I mean, they've held players accountable. It'll be up to Danny to see what players they can move. Yeah, I mean, the names you've mentioned make sense. I mean, you know, like is Sean Walker a guy that you're not going to flip and try to get a younger prospect or a pick for? I mean, to me, that would be foolish not to. You know, he's got a career somewhere else. But in terms of what this team's doing, that's that's not the right play. So that make a play like that makes sense. There's nothing wrong with Sean Walker, but you have to retain assets and find a way to create those and draft picks or or future considerations, whatever it is. And and I think that that in and of itself is super important, you know, to get to do that. I mean, you have to be ready to make trades and you have to be ready to make trades of guys that have played well here this year, you know, that have done a good job. If you were building a team with the current assets and we're looking for what is the most important thing that you still need? Is there anything more important that they're lacking than a sniper? No. I mean, that's the, the skill. I mean, they could probably, yeah, they need more skill. You know, I mean, say, you know, if you look at like Konechny, he's come a long way. Um, but I always feel like, you know, as good as he is, he's not that natural sniper. You know, people may say, oh, he's turned the corner. But believe me, I know a goal scorer from a natural goal scorer, you know, in terms of when a guy is just the puck follows you around. And I don't think that that happens with Travis as great as he's been. And he's become a really, really good player in this league. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, I think when you look and you hear the word sniper, you, you, you're you hoping and thinking Mishkov, uh, you, you know, Ovechkin is a sniper. Right. Um, you know, Debrinket in, in, in Detroit is a sniper. Panarin, guys that can shoot the puck, you know, and really do some special things with it. And and as we're constructed now, I don't, we don't, there's not that player here. Are you happy with, with the young defensemen? I mean, we people were worried with, losing Provorov last year, that the defense was going to take a step even further back. It seems like this group, this core, has really played well and has even made the goalies look a lot better. Yeah, and, and again, and you know what, and, but the goalies have been good too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been this has been a solid year of goaltending for this team. And um, it's as good as I've seen in a while. And obviously, you know, the last few days is it's going to change the future look of what, what it is. But um yeah, I mean, I think the defense have been good. You know, I think Sandheim's taken a step up. I mean, clearly Torts has told a couple of them, like, get up the ice. When the puck's up there, just get in the offensive zone and get up and, and don't worry about things. I mean, and you have to have backup. But, I, you know, that that's where the that's where you, that's is where that team has to create offense is the extra defenseman coming up in the play because they don't have that super skill up front that you're going to be able to – like Tampa the other night. The Flyers got outskilled by Tampa. That's how you lose to you know a team that you might have thought you all played at times, but they just make those skill plays that end up costing you a game. Same with Colorado. Their transition is so fast, too. You think you're in a good position, and then the next thing you know, they're just down the ice sniping at your goalie. Let, let's talk about the goalies for a sec. Obviously, Carter Hart on indefinite leave. The NHL isn't commenting on anything yep. around that. Sam Erson now formally the number one. He kind of played like the number one at, at times during the season your thoughts on the goalie situation they still have more in the system uh what's the thought right now you know what it's a good question i i will say this um it has to be your son like there's no other guy you can't share at this point now like you're gonna have to find a guy that's a viable backup and i'm not sure they have an nhl backup in their system they may tell you they do i mean they're gonna say on paper they do but I mean, if this is a, you know, right now this is a playoff team and I want to find out if I'm the coach, I'm trying to pull as many push buttons and pull as many strings as I can to ensure that they stay in that spot. But without hard here or whatever that situation is, um, they're going to have to rely on Sam for an awful lot of games. It makes them feel better. Brodeur used to play 77 out of like 82, so he could <laughs> suck it up and play. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, we're going to ask you the most important question is, is, is your team, your team, the one you're playing on this week? 
right up up for the challenge. <laughs> you know, Jeff, I don't know if you could ever really plan for something like that. I'm actually going to skate right after this. I mm -hmm. got a call from my old roommate Johnny Leclerc. You know, it's so funny too. I I uh, I, I texted him and I said uh, he said, "Hey, there's ice at noon. Hartnell got ice, but we don't have a goalie." So I'm like, all right, like this is literally, this is the kind of crap we got to deal with, right? Like this is what we have to deal with in, in life. So I'm like, all right, good. Uh, by the way, I don't have a stick. Can you go in the locker room and find me a left-handed Sandheim stick? <laughs> literally, I got my equipment. I have no hockey stick. So I told the Flyers they're calling guys this week, playing the alumni game Friday night and said, uh, hey, who's uh, who needs anything? I said, I don't need anything. I just need a stick. That's it. Well, and a goalie. Well, tomorrow we'll have goalies, but today oh, okay. we don't have one. Yeah, we'll use a shooter tutor today. <laughs> Bring in that the, the old wood carve out that you Jason sit. Jason might be available to sit and go. Look, I could just stand there. You guys can hit me with the puck for a while. What's it like to get back together with the guys for things like this? I mean, how special is that for you? Good. I mean, that was always for me, was always the best part of being around the guys. And um, you know, I think it um it's good. You know, like I see Johnny back at the games. You know, we were roommates for 10 years in the NHL and uh, you know, we, we share a lot of great stories, a lot of great memories as I do with many guys. So it'll be good to see them. You know, there's a lot of generational gaps. Uh, just thinking from my teams, who's playing wreck, you know, Mark Recky, LeClaire, um, Lindros, I'm trying to think of any, there's no other defenseman from my era. I don't think so. Um, and anyway, we're going to have fun. We're got we got seven defensemen, um, six and a half, if you include Joe Watson right now, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> We will. I'm sure someone will break his stones tomorrow in the locker. But yeah, Joe's back playing, and uh, you know, so we got a lot of we got guys going from 80 years old to um, I would say our youngest defenseman is probably Kimo Timonen, and he might be 45. So it's going to be fun, guys. I'm looking forward to it. It's for charity. We're bringing the Bruins in here. I heard a really nasty rumor that Chara and Bergeron are playing. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> that would be ridiculously unfair. But um, it'll be a great evening and a great weekend and a, and a great uh, shout out to my, my great friend and teammate, Mark Recchi. You know, you know Chris, uh, one of the great things about this organization, I was the, at the Flyers game when they honored Ed Snyder. And the one thing that, that I was always most uh, impressed by was the organization from top to bottom, but it started with him. What has it been like to play for the, that organization, to play for Mr. Snyder? And to see how the Flyers still are a family. Yeah, and there's no doubt. And that's really, I think, what the, the best part about this team was. And the, the worst part of what the last four or five years represented to everybody in this city was the like the deconstructing of something that Ed Snyder built. And it was the greatest thing most people in the city had seen. You know, like building a franchise that was family-friendly, community-based, with players were one with the fans, uh management the fans were, it was like everybody was together and that's rare to see and that's why the flyers were the most you know i think special to anybody in the city people like you know they bleed the or you know the green for the eagles on sundays and it's a crazy time in the nfl but i always felt like the heart of 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 the city was belonged to the, the flyers a little bit for for what they were what they were in their infancy as a franchise and what they mean to the city blue collar hard-working team that quite frankly this year's team has exemplified again but that's not been good enough. There's been many decades now that's passed since there's been a Stanley Cup and a parade here, and and that's the goal ultimately. You know, I had great teams, but I didn't win. You know, maybe, maybe a goalie here or there would have changed it. Maybe another player, uh, you know. But at the same time, it's time for this team now to to find a way to do it, and it'll be at least for the next several years Danny and Jonesy's vision 
Uh, and whether that works, time will tell. You know, I, I, I'm hoping, keeping fingers crossed, there's nothing I'd like to see than an orange and black parade back up Broad Street again. Well, let's start with a win uh, Friday night versus the Bruins. That would be get the weekend yeah. going. <laughs> Chris, thanks so much for always giving us some time to talk about it all. Uh, I'll make sure to get the trade deadline right and uh, hope everything goes well at the game. Thanks so <laughs> yeah. much, man. Yeah, you got it, Chase. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Take it easy. Always fun to get some time with Chris. Uh, glad I could screw up the date and add, we need to bring back that segment, things Jason got wrong or whatever we called it at that time years ago, Jeff. Oh, we got we got to make sure that Keith Jones wasn't listening for a minute and you didn't panic him that he was supposed to do something <laughs> sooner than he's supposed to. Uh, it is, you know, we didn't mention Dan Hilferty. Should I ask Keith to come on before the real trade deadline or the, or the Jason deadline? Well, now we have more time <laughs> to get him, apparently. Oh, okay. So I was thinking that we'd have him on after the trade deadline since mm. there's only two weeks and we've got booked next week. But it looks like we have more time, so you could do what you I, I want. I can't now. wait till you, you know, is the Stanley Cup for you in May or is it in June? Well, apparently now it's in October since I know nothing. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. All right, we'll, we'll leave the hockey there. We got off the football. I want to go back to it because we didn't actually talk about any of the games on the field. Either what happened last week in the games mm-hmm. How many people watched it? What happened this week? Your thoughts on some of the games? Oh, really? We have to go into ratings again? Oh, I'm going to give you ratings. Oh, good Lord. Do you want to just get it out of the way so you can just peel off a banding and we can talk about something that, like, matters? Okay. Uh, (laughs) You're a baseball fan, right? I am. World Series. All the games this year combined. Pitchers and catchers report in a couple weeks. All the games combined in this year's World Series had 45 Mm -hmm. million viewers. Right. Chiefs Bills had 50 million viewers. Okay. I don't compare the two. It just shows you You how how dominant football is. The game was fun to watch. I felt for Buffalo fans with another wide right uh, from Tyler Bass. Jason Kelsey got more attention than Taylor Swift at times. (laughs) Tell me about some of the... Jason Kelsey stole... The weekend, he's a national treasure. Not just a moment; he's st- he, he he has become a national treasure. You are you are completely right. I cannot begrudge him that. The way that you know, there's nobody on this planet that could have pulled off what he pulled off this weekend. Sitting in a box, right behind Taylor Swift, with no shirt on, drinking world's a beer. biggest musician, arguably a billionaire, and he decides in what close to sub-zero temperatures that he's going to take off his shirt, show his physique, grab beer cans, (laughs) chug away. And then that's not good enough. And by the way, this is the first time he supposedly met her. Yes. And then climb out of the box, hang out with the fans who he was also drinking with before the game and, and different fans, but, and then sees a little girl with a sign who says that she wants to meet Taylor Swift, picks her up and brings her into the box. Yes, Uh, it was highly entertaining. Apparently, Jason's wife was not into it. She told him to be on good behavior because it was the first time they were meeting Taylor Swift. And according to his and Travis Kelsey's podcast, he reminded her that the first time he met her, he was blackout drunk on the bar. So (laughs) apparently that's how he makes his first true love. Huh? Is that what you're saying? I I just love the, um, 
you know, they're going to take the shots to the box. I'm not one that gets upset when they take shots to the box of Taylor Swift. I really don't care. I'm entertained by it all. I, I really, I don't mind. I actually think that there's, there's fans that are fans of Taylor Swift that are watching the game that wouldn't. So I'm not one that gets bothered by it, but I did enjoy when they took the shot to the box mm-hmm. and Taylor and Mahomes' wife are celebrating and Kelsey's just there shirtless behind them drinking a beer. Drinking a beer. <laughs> it was like the mm-hmm. best thing that there was. And, and look, I mean, it was a great atmosphere there in Buffalo. Chiefs survived first time Mahomes plays on the road and wins. And now they play Baltimore this week who took out Houston to see who goes to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. You know, we talked earlier in the show about when Harbaugh was with the 49ers and he replaced Alex Smith, who I believe was the number one pick in his draft, right? Yes. With Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. Andy Reid did the same thing. With Patrick Mahomes. He, he had Alex Smith, right? Yeah. And, and Poor Alex Smith. And, the Harbaugh's just really don't like him. <laughs> yeah, well, no, this isn't Harbaugh. But but then Alex Smith goes goes to Kansas City, and Andy Reid drafts Pat Mahomes, replaces him. And I Pat Mahomes has been in the conference finals, I think, every year every he's year been in the he's, Every NFL. year he's been in the NFL, he's played in the conference championship. Every single year. I mean, that that is Like, it's dominance. stunning. Yes, it, it is. And, you know, people like to hate on success. I, I don't. I'm impressed by it. Uh, we'll see what happens after the game, whether Travis Kelsey retires, who goes on. Do you have a thought on, I mean, Baltimore is a three and a half point favorite against KC. The game is in Baltimore. It's the early game. It's the three o'clock start as opposed to the 630 window. Who mm-hmm. do you think goes to the Super Bowl from the AFC? I think it's going to be the Ravens. As good as the Chiefs are, as as good as their legacy has been, the Ravens have just consistently had a great defense, and I think their offense this year is up to snuff. I yeah. think, despite the fact that they don't run the ball very well except for the quarterback, I think this Ravens team is as complete a, a team as Harbaugh as John Harbaugh has had in a long time. If you're the Ravens, do you just try to take Travis Kelsey out of the game and, and make yes. Mahomes and the wide receivers beat you, make them try and run. Yeah, now, now Rice has kind of come into his own. The receivers are starting to mold into looking like real receivers for not, Kansas not your, City. Not your guy, Kadarius. Not Kadarius, Tony. <laughs> is he, has he, did he even play last week? No, it was McCall Hardiman who fumbled on the goal line. Not Kadarius, Tony. <laughs> no, Travis Kelsey took the heat for that and said that he missed a block. Yeah, so, but, and said but, that he apologized a lot. Uh, the Ravens defense is just good. It's just been good for so long. And, you know, it's amazing. You look back, John Harbaugh was the special teams coach with the Eagles. He's been the Ravens head coach for, what, 16 years now? Yeah. That's a lot yeah. of longevity. You look You look at that division. What are, what are they now called? The AFC North? Mm. Is that what they're called these days? <laughs> uh, they have Tomlin... And Harbaugh are those the two longest serving in the NFL coaches? Yeah, well, both of them have won Super Bowls. Yeah, and you have, and then you have uh, Zach in, in for the Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl, and you have the Browns coach, who I believe is the co- probably the coach of the year. That's a pretty impressive group of coaches in one division. Now the AFC West has some really good coaches out there too, between Andy Reid and Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh and. 
Antonio Pierce. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Yeah, I mean we'll see we'll see what Pierce is, but I just I just oh I think what he's the Ravens what the Ravens and and the Steelers have developed and the patience with which they are able to keep their coaches around and realize that constantly mixing it up isn't the way to go is just especially in today's world is just so rare and so right. And on, it just works. On the other side of the bracket, Green Bay had their shots against San Francisco. Debo mm-hmm. went out early with the shoulder. Uh, Purdy clearly didn't like playing with the rain. I've never seen a quarterback wipe his hand mid-play to then put the ball back in his hand and throw it. He clearly wasn't comfortable. With, which, by the way, is odd because he played his college ball in Iowa. I don't understand. I spent three winters yeah. there. You are prepared for weather if you live in Iowa. Like that's uh, apparently Brock is. Purdy wasn't. Maybe that's why he wasn't drafted. I I don't know, but so San Francisco pulls it out. We'll see whether they have Debo playing this week. It was loud in Detroit when they played Tampa, who also had their shots in that game. Uh, what are your thoughts for the Detroit San Francisco matchup this weekend? If you had to, if you had to poll the nation, I don't know if anybody's done this. Detroit yet, on who? Ex- yeah, who is the, who is who the majority of this country wants to win the Super Bowl, it's got to be Detroit. Look, they, they show the guy who it's, had season tickets in like 1955 who finally is at a playoff game like this. What's not to like about that team? Got Dan Campbell who wants ankle biters and stuff like that. But <laughs> now all of a sudden he's he's got them motivated and playing well. They've got great talent on their offense. Jared Goff is a great story. You know, he was a throw-in in that trade for Matt Stafford because they needed a quarterback in salary. Well, they want they the Rams wanted to get rid of him, even yeah. even though he got them to a Super Bowl. They yeah. wanted to get rid of him. I, so the Niners, and it's worked out for both teams. I absolutely, mean, look, look, Stafford won a Super Bowl with the Rams, and and Goff and what they got from that trade has led to the Detroit Lions being in a conference final for the first time in a lot of people's lifetime. Yeah, it's definitely a win-win. I mean, a lot of the picks that. Detroit has playing in this game or from that Stafford trade. So they definitely, they built through the draft and did it the right way. The Niners are seven point favorites. Uh, how do you feel about this game this week? I don't see them as seven point favorites, especially, I don't know. Do we know yet whether Debo Samuel is playing? No, uh, we don't. He's not ruled out and he's practiced some. It's not a break, but there is a shoulder injury. Okay. I would think he plays. I Assuming mean, he doesn't play hundred percent I think the Lions still can win this game I actually think the I, Lions I don't I'm, I'm really surprised that it's it's a touchdown it, it's it's surprising that, it, that the Lions don't seem like a team that was that's going to get blown out by anybody they also don't seem like a team that's going to be intimidated by the Niners and the Niners and by, and by the way some just a comment about Dan Campbell and I'll bring it back to to locally too with Nick Sirianni Apparently, those initial press conferences, we should all just not pay attention to. Oh, no. Because, because between Nick Sirianni's opening press conference and Dan Crample's opening press conference, neither city would have w- walked away from those press conferences. We know that people didn't do it here, but would have walked away from those press conferences going, oh, this was the right choice. Ankle and now you and look, at least Sirianni got them to a Super Bowl, and, and now Dan Campbell has the Lions in a place that they haven't been for a really long time. Yeah, look, it was fun to see it in Detroit. Uh, you know, that was a nice atmosphere to watch. Um, it, my, I always talk to you about my kids getting into it. My kids think it's cool. They don't understand the idea of you lose and you don't get to play again yet, yet though. 
Like my my three year old keeps going. Who does he play next? It's like nobody. Just do me a favor. I, I didn't know we would even bring this up, but can you just make sure that they 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 learn that the loser's not getting a participation draw? Uh, no, no, no. They understand it's done. <laughs> Which, um, by the way, how awesome would it be to watch Dan Campbell's? reaction to getting a participation participation yeah no he he wouldn't there were there were two things i wanted to teach them that you don't get a participation trophy and that you still can't root for the cowboys in the playoffs even when your team's not here those are the only you can root for their family members to go off on twitter yeah those were the only two things that i really instructed my kids over anything else with the nfl before we get to the craziness in uh the nba I think we've uh, exhausted all of our NFL talk. I mean, we could talk coaching carousel more if you want, but you know what? Until the carousel stops, it it doesn't matter. And I don't think the carousel is going to stop until some of these teams are done. No, I mean, look, Bill Belichick's still out there. Hasn't been hired yet. We could talk coaching carousel in the NBA, though. Have you ever been hired to advise somebody and then while you were advising them, made sure they got fired so you could be the guy that gets hired? You ever done that? What? You know, you didn't see that Doc Rivers was actually an advisor for the Bucks, trying to like help out. When? From December on. Uh, look, the, the way the way the way that wait was that how he was working for ESPN and advising the Bucks. Okay. Well, look, the way the Bucks have handled all of this doesn't work. They brought in Terry Stotts to help out Griffin and Stotts and Griffin supposedly got into it before the season started. He got fired and, and Stotts left and Stotts was close with Damian Lillard from his, I believe from his time in Portland. So that was, that was shot one. And then somehow they have the second best record in the East. Their defense does stink. But then they decide, okay, we're going to fire him with, he's like 20 games above 500 halfway through a season. We're going to fire him instead of giving him the chance to correct this. They have an assistant coach who should be, he, this is the second time that Joe Prunty was the, I believe was the um, interim interim coach. Yeah. They're paying three coaches, head coaches. He didn't make it. They didn't even wait 24 hours. And then they went out and got doc rivers. And I'm, I'm not quite sure why it is that they think that doc rivers is the right answer to the middle of the season. When they watched him coach one of their rivals playoff rivals in the Sixers for years, does this mean that we could all bet on the Milwaukee bucks going out in the second round? Oh, absolutely. I, and and the story, by the way, from The Athletic was that there was a sit-down between Rivers and Griffin before the in-season tournament team trip to Vegas, quote, because uh, Rivers could offer Griffin advice and guidance on how to navigate his first NBA season with high expectations and a championship-caliber team. Hmm. So he was advising them from December on, and now, peace out. Well, that's <laughs> one less coach. Christmas card he has to write next year. It's one way to get uh, a job. So yeah, so, so I mean, here's here's my here's my other question about that. I know, and I already know the answer. <laughs> the general manager should have been the one that's fired because I told you before the season started, you can bring in Dame Lillard all you want, but getting rid of the of Drew Holiday for Dame Lillard was not a good move, especially if you then fired your coach because the defense sucks. The reason the defense was good last year was because you had Giannis. 
and you had Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday could bar- guard almost anybody in the NBA, and you replaced him with Dame Lillard that nobody has ever accused of being Defensive Player of the Year. By the way, I figured out what I screwed up with Tarion. The NBA trade deadline is February 8th. The NHL trade, the trade deadline is March 8th. Okay, well, that, that I don't know how that helped you other than to, for you to bring up that you screwed up. Well, look, <laughs> I admit it, okay? I am okay. far from perfect. You can ask anybody right. who knows me. Uh, but So what's going to happen? Is, is, are the Bucks now going to win the championship? No, they're not. They're actually So, so what's going to yeah. happen is the Sixers are going to play them in the second round and the Sixers are going to get a chance to advance by beating the Bucks. Yeah, this might be the year the Sixers get past the second round. That's what's going to happen. Especially if Joel Embiid can score 70 points in a game. You ever seen anything like that? Obviously, I haven't. Uh, but but here's the thing. How many people, like, I was texting people saying Joel Embiid's about to break the Sixers record for points in a game. I can't tell you how many people would respond to me. No, he didn't. Wilt did. Wilt had 100. Uh, people just forgot that there were two teams in this city and that he when he was here, when he broke the 100, when he had the 100 points, it was, it was the, the Philadelphia Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, people don't realize the difference. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the rarefied error and not just the 70, it was the 15 rebounds, the five blocks, the, the, the stat line. I mean, he was in comparisons to Michael Jordan for that night. The thing that's so amazing to me, he's on pace to average more than a point per minute which hasn't mm-hmm. been done since Wilt in 1961, 1962. Like, that is rarefied air that, that he is playing ball in right now. I and, know. But but then the question is, is it enough to get them to the finals this year? And is it enough to keep him here beyond this year? I don't think so, and I'm concerned. because well, To which one? Cut, I asked two questions. Uh, to keep him, <laughs> yes. I, I think yeah. that they're actually in better shape to keep him with Nurse and Maxi and and trying to build a core around that and the flexibility to win the title as the team stands now. No, I don't think so. And and my concern is I thought that the Robert Covington's and people like that would be trade assets. Mm-hmm. Covington's out another three to four weeks. Okay. So you're getting very close to your past, the trade deadline in the end. Yes. With but, him. but here, here I'm going to tell you that might be a blessing in disguise. Covington, if he can come back healthy in a month, fresh, could add to the depth of this team making trades at this point for the sake of making trades is not a good idea. And we talk about this all the time. Who were the Sixers going to go out and trade for? One of the people we talked about before the season was OG Ananobi who went to the Knicks. Knicks. That's done. Pascal Siakam. He went to the Pacers who's left that you would trade for just and then my concern is I'd like a Bogdanovich actually from Detroit. I don't know what you'd have to give to get him, but I'd like a shooter or somebody like that who can be there. I understand people talk about an actual point guard. So Max, he doesn't have to play point, but I, I still think, and I I've told you all along, I still think they need a real backup center. I don't think they want Mo Bamba to be that guy. And I don't understand why it just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like, like that's where they want to be right now. Well, if your big if your biggest weakness is that the backup center is Mo Bamba and then Paul Reed in a pinch, that doesn't worry me so much. Do you think they the, have enough shooting? That's that's what I wonder. It depends on uh, the the answer to that question lies on which Tobias Harris you get. 
You know what's going to happen. They're going to make a trade and be down players and bring back Danny Green and guys like that. No, he, he's he's busy. He's busy now. I think I think he actually works for like one of those uh, or commentates for one of those uh, gambling things. I'm oh, okay. not sure. Yeah. Um, any other... Basket. Unless you're going to say that he's consulting for an organization so that he can then replace that player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Doc's got some way. You, really, you actually caught me off guard. That yeah, one I, I missed. I made sure not to send that to you just yeah. so I could surprise you with it. Uh, did you did you see Mike Breen and Doris Burke with their little send off to him? Mike Breen said something like, glad you could call a couple weeks games or something like that in the, in the message of him. He is very, look, he, I really like him as a, as a guy on the sidelines calling games. I think he's extremely knowledgeable. I think he's had his, his time in the sun as a coach, but I, th- I just don't see him as a short-term or long-term answer to the Bucks. The, the Bucks problem is a personnel problem. You traded away the most versatile play, the second most versatile player on your team, and one of arguably one of the top fifteen or twenty versatile players in the NBA, and you and you did that in return for a guy who might get you what five five six points more a game, but also give up more than that in defense. Yeah, we'll see. That's what doesn't make sense in in the days of analytics, the number crunching that we have organizations going through. I don't know how that one made sense. People will certainly be able to question it going forward. We got about four minutes left. Uh, I got to go to the Phillies here. Reese Hoskins uh, on his way to Milwaukee. Now, for a long time, you've said I wanted to trade Reese Hoskins, which we know isn't true if people listen to the whole tape. But your thoughts on no, somebody no. who you, th- you you thought that we were compelled to trade? No, no, no. I said if we were going to make a trade, he was the person with value. But now that he's not here, that's not no. an issue. Your thoughts on the team moving on from somebody that you he was, really thought he was, was the hardest? Invaluable team. when he was here for a number of reasons, including his leadership, his personality, being here through the tough times and and him and Aaron Nola being the guys who kind of were able to be the historians of where they came from and where they've gone. Um, And he provided, if you needed proof of the impact of Reese Hoskins, all you had to do was be at his multi-homer game in the playoffs where he slammed his bat down. That's all you needed to know because when he did that, it was one of the top five most electric moments in the, I would argue, in the history of the Phillies organization. I'm pretty sure his last at bat was a home run in the playoffs. Pretty sure. Not, not sure. But when he when he slammed that bat down, nobody no, in the city, People said it's the loudest it's ever been. Didn't it register on like the Richter scale with that? It was shaking when he did that. And, and he will be missed. And the Phillies did the right thing. If Bryce Harper wants to play, I saw, I don't know if it was on ESPN or MLB.com. They did a ranking by position and Bryce Harper right now is the second best first baseman in the league. So, so moving him there made sense. I still don't know what the Phillies are doing with the outfield with him now at first base, but Reese was somebody that the city shouldn't forget. And it shouldn't just be because of what he did in the clubhouse or what he did on the field. It should be what he is as a citizen. We talk about on this show all the time about using your platform and Reese and his spouse were out front and center 
in this community all the time. She was out there buying beers for fans in the playoffs in the stands. I mean, they. But I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about that. I'm no, talking no, no, about but, the charitable work that they no, do in the city. No, those, I agree with you. Those but, two have been incredibly important to this city. They grew up in this city and they clearly love the city and the fans i, I give the beers an example of their time no, you're just bringing it back to the jason jason kelsey stuff. oh yeah that's we've got to <laughs> got to finish where, where we started uh, yeah should i be concerned that the phillies aren't making more moves <laughs> we're like two weeks away from again training. i don't know what moves there are to make and until you see what shakes I out in spring think, training there I wasn't s- really any move to make unless unless you wanted bellinger i'd like to know who the out who's going to play center field I haven't been told that Rojas has it. I see pictures of him getting bulked up like I see Ben Simmons' workout videos in the could summer. It could be Rojas. It could be Marsh. You don't know which one it's going to be, but it looks like it's going to be one of those two unless Bellinger's still out there, right? So see what they do. I mean, I guess maybe they're just waiting to see who they get in camp. Maybe Schwarber. <laughs> it's going to drive you nuts when he's the leadoff again, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he is. I, 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 I got heard, my. I've heard enough of this that that Thompson loves him in the leadoff spot, and that well, once again we're going to have to go. Well, I got, shake our heads and then somehow watch it work. Any final thoughts? I got my first set of tickets for to take the boys this year, so I'm thinking about baseball. Pitchers and catchers report in a little over two weeks. Sounds- that should make everybody smile and hope that the sun comes out. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work.